You're listening to the Rubbish Trip Podcast. Two no-waste nomads talk trash with people in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Christy Lawson needs no introduction for any New Zealander passionate about zero waste. In 2016, after she, her husband Davian and her daughter Savvy had already been living waste-free for 18 months, she set up the Zero Waste in New Zealand Facebook group. Little did she know it was going to take off. Fast forward three years and the group already has over 25,000 members from across the entire country. The sheer number of searchable conversation threads has created created an unparalleled database of New Zealand-specific zero-waste information and has brought together an impressive force for waste minimisation advocacy. As if this wasn't enough, in 2018 Christy went further and established Earth Savvy, her own zero-waste business selling zero-waste survival items to the people of New Zealand and offering a range of in-person zero-waste workshops for those living in the Auckland region so you better get amongst it. As you can imagine, we were pretty excited to sit down with Christy to talk with her about what zero waste means to her, why she's passionate about seeing people from all walks of life get on board and give zero waste a go, and the potential of the Zero Waste in New Zealand Facebook group to motivate and facilitate individual change, while also harnessing the power of the collective to call for waste minimization transformation at the social, business, and political levels. We started off by asking Christy how it came to be that she and her family of three started living a zero-waste lifestyle almost five years ago. So I think I've always considered myself to be someone who cares for the environment, so it was something that was always on the periphery that I wanted to look after, but I don't think I was really aware in my younger days of what that meant in terms of day-to-day living, how to how to be a good steward for the environment. Mm. It wasn't until I saw a documentary about eight years ago that I really started to think about my own personal consumption. So I watched a documentary called Manufactured Landscapes mm. and that followed a photographer as he travelled around industrialised China taking these amazing photos of places that have been changed by large-scale human activity. Mm. So taking photos of places like mines and big shipping wrecking yards and massive factories. And when you look at the photos, there's stunningly gorgeous photos and then you kind of realise what you're looking at and it's Mm. just complete and utter human devastation, you know. Mm. And I I came away from that a bit shell-shocked and... I decided I never wanted to buy anything ever again. I realised that I was a part of the problem, you know. And then Christmas rolled around at our place and I sat down with my dad and said, how would you guys feel if we didn't buy each other any presents? As you know, like no stuff presents. Because mm. I don't know about you guys, we've got enough stuff. I reckon you might have enough stuff. <laughs> Can we just do like experience gifts or make each other things or anything but going to the mall and buying more shit? And he was like, oh yeah, well we could just buy nothing at all, if you like. Mm. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And it was the best Christmas ever. Like usually that mm. time of year was quite stressful trying to figure out what to get people who had everything that they needed. Mm. 
and you know fighting the crowds in the shopping malls mm. what the hell do I get these people and to not have to to go through that trauma was awesome we just we spent time with each other we ate good food mm. we played games we went outside it was just really relaxing and chilled out and and we kind of did that we've done that every Christmas since mm. and it's I highly recommend it buy mm. nothing Christmas it's awesome Cool. And then a couple of years after that, I became a mum, and that mm. profoundly changes you and the way you look at the world, I guess. Mm. You start to think about long term and not just your own selfish needs. What kind of, what kind of environment is my daughter going to grow up in? You know. And then I discovered Bad Johnson's website and her book. Read it, and just immediately, like light bulb moment after mm. reading that, going. Oh wow, this is something that I can do in my everyday life. Mm. And rather than feeling overwhelmed with massive environmental <laughs> issues, this is something tan- tangible that I can do. Mm. And I just felt immediately empowered and thought, yeah, we're going to transform the household. Mm. And when you decided that, obviously, like family, as your husband as well, was he on board from the get go too? Yeah, I married Davian because he's a really cool dude. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily we're on the same page with most things. So, yeah, he thought it was awesome. And so he was totally happy to make the changes that I wanted to make. I probably take things to the extreme a bit more than what he does. But yeah, we're very much on the same page with this stuff. So that's super helpful. I really feel for people who are in relationships where they've got to try and convince the other half. Mm. to please mm. <laughs> please give a shit about the environment mm. <laughs> yeah it's a common it's thing. yeah that must be a real struggle yeah. so I'm very grateful that I don't have to deal with that mm. Mm. and shortly after you started living zero waste you set up the zero waste in New Zealand Facebook page yeah so we had been trying to reduce our waste for about a year and a half and after I'd been doing it for about a year, it was about a year I think I had started a blog because I thought this is amazing stuff and I really Mm. want other people to know about this amazing way of living Mm. so I wanted to share those resources with people and then I hadn't been on Facebook for that long, I was quite a late starter with Facebook but I basically hunted around looking for resources just to see what what information was out there and I knew there was an international Facebook group and I was a member of that but I was quite surprised that there wasn't a local New Zealand version. I was like, oh, wow, okay, well, maybe I should just start one. Start. Mm. I, think, I think it's important. So. Yeah. yeah. And today it's grown to, what, over 25,000 yeah. members? There's over 25,000 people. It's, it's gone absolutely yeah. bonkers. Yeah, words just got around that this is a really welcoming community. And the great yeah. thing about it is there's people from all walks of life and people who've been doing this stuff for many years and have developed a lot of knowledge into the people who've just started yesterday and you know just giving up plastic bags. So there's a real broad range of, of people on there. Yeah, it's, it's turned into a pretty amazing resource. I was having to put a lot of content on there in the early days, but I, mm. I don't really have to do mm. very much no. at all in terms of putting stuff on there now. Everyone's just mm. so enthusiastic, which is really cool. Mm. And can you explain what was it that made you want to start the page in the first place? Like, why is a page like that useful or necessary in your view? I guess because when I first started reducing waste, 
I felt a little bit isolated. I did feel like a bit of a freak show, like everyone else around me <laughs> was living their life the way that a lot of people do, which is super wasteful and, and not really aware of a lot of these issues. And so I wanted for me personally, I guess I did it for selfish reasons, I wanted to be able to connect with like-minded people. Yeah, I thought that would be really valuable for me personally, but for others who were you know, discovering the same things that I was discovering. Mm. And just a way of sharing what you know, because I still had a lot to learn at that point as well. There's so much activity on that page now. As you say, you don't have really have to put much content on there. People kind of take it their own and, and ask all sorts of questions. And you can search for all sorts of things. Yeah. Right? Like any question people have, you can find a hundred conversations on one topic. <laughs> there, which is really cool. It's become like a database. Yeah. Almost. For yeah, there's a lot of stuff on there now. Anything and everything you can think of, you just... Yeah pop it into the search bar and something will come up. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, people really geek out on it. Once they <laughs> discover this, last, I don't know about you guys, but once you discover it, it's like, it's a really exciting journey and just when you discover new new bits of information, you, you want to share it with people and mm. people get really excited about their discoveries. Mm. Yeah, like that thing mm. of wanting to share, like just how you were describing those early days, because we basically started the zero waste journey at the same time yeah. as you, which is quite funny. <laughs> and like we had the exact same thing about the year 18 month mark where we really wanted to share it with yeah. people because it wasn't just that we wanted to convert people to live zero waste. It wasn't even that. It was mm. just like, whoa, this lifestyle is so amazing. You have to know about it. Yeah, yeah, like it's totally not what you might think. Like yeah. it wasn't what we expected. Like our life. We just didn't expect it to be so wonderful. I know. And yeah, that was what we wanted to share with people. But yeah, friends and family weren't the right audience. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting now watching other people who are just starting go through that same... It's like opening a it's present. A, it's, like, a, it's, a re, it's a rebirth. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Like, yeah, and people... You do want to share that joy with others. And, mm. and you want other people to feel empowered like you do. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and we do think back to how different it would have been when we started out had there been the amount of resources that there are now. Mm. Like, if that would be a different experience, I don't mm. know. Like, they were, yeah. we when we started, there was obviously still Matthew and Waveney's rubbish-free website, which is amazing, and Bear Johnson and Lauren Singer. But now the wealth of information and people connected in New Zealand... It's just so much bigger, and so yeah. I wonder if it's a different kind of experience now. Or, it yeah. probably is. I mean, it was for me. It was quite exciting because it felt like I really felt like some sort of adventure, you know. Yeah. Like I had <laughs> uncovered something. Like um, what's his face who climbed Everest? You know, yeah. it's like Hillary. Edmund yeah, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I felt a bit like Edmund Hillary. Like oh look, I've it felt like an achievement for me yeah. personally. Yeah. And yeah, you probably might get a little bit less of that these days because it is a bit more normal. But also exciting just because if you're jumping on board zero waste living, it feels like you're jumping on a wave which is, is quite big. And so it's mm. exciting to have that energy behind it, that momentum, knowing mm. that there are so many other people doing the same thing that w is what you are doing. Mm. And it feels like you're a big part of an important change. Yeah. So yeah, 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 it's probably got its benefits. Starting these days, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. There are people who criticise social media 
for just being a really superficial platform of, for connecting people and, and spreading information on a very superficial level. Have you found <coughs> difficulties or like not able to kind of get the impact that you would like? I know that cat videos can be really distracting. <laughs> 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 and yeah, you are having to compete with, I guess, a lot of other content that's out there. But I think once the switch flicks for people mm. and they just get so into it mm. that I think it's incredibly valuable having that information available for them and having mm. that connection with other people who are doing the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I think this is the sort of thing that social media should be for, you know, yeah. it's, for, it's for starting and growing movements. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I try not to get distracted by the cat videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We try to. It's not just cat videos. Though. That's it's raccoons. Probably. I don't know if you've seen the raccoons. Hedgehog videos. Hedgehog, so I've got some money. Those damn cute little hedgehogs. So speaking of like the tidal wave of, and, you know, with the, all these people now, one thing that's quite interesting about the Zero Waste in New Zealand page is that there are, there are naysayers around the zero waste movement who say things like, well, it's just you in your own life making these little changes and it's not really going to make a big difference or it's not where the change needs to come from. But what's quite interesting about zero waste in New Zealand is you've now got like 25,000 and growing individuals who are making individual changes, yeah. but you've kind of brought them all together into a potential collective force for change. And do you see the potential in that side of the Zero Waste group now that it is so big to speak as a collective voice, harness, mobilise? Yeah, very much so. It's wanting to speak as one group, gather everyone together and say, let's focus our energies on one issue. We could all be doing these separate little things, which is going to make us feel good personally, but of course you're going to achieve a lot more when you're working together as a big group. So last year... We started doing collective actions with the group. Mm. So I basically put a post up saying, how can we work together on one single issue? Let's brainstorm what do you think is a good place to start? So either celebrating a company that is doing something which is fantastic or pressuring a company who might be doing a change or writing to your local MP about a particular issue, whatever it was. So we gathered a whole lot of different ideas and then we basically had a vote everyone voted on what they thought was the best option mm. but yeah we've had a few different collective actions now so one of them was contacting Whitakers and Cadbury's and asking them to switch to home compostable packaging um, another one was contacting Fonterra to ask them to go back to their old system of using glass bottles People were very keen on that one. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. All the dairy consumers were like, yes, let's, let's yeah. do this because yeah. I'm seeing all these plastic bottles mounting up yeah. from our milk consumption. So people were really enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have we done? The last one was contacting supermarkets to ask them to remove plastic packaging from their produce sections because mm. I thought that's a real easy one, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know that supermarkets... It's a pretty massive issue with plastic packaging in, in supermarkets, but mm. the produce section should be a pretty easy place yeah. to start. Yeah. We've had various levels of, of success, I guess, but I didn't expect to be able to change companies overnight. It's pretty much planting seeds and just letting mm. them know 
this is what your customers would like. This is what the public is expecting now. Yeah. Well, you, you're going to have to be accountable in these in these areas. Mm. You need to step up. Yeah. 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 And it just doesn't really take that many people to write. No. To, to trigger these things, these changes, like a personal letter from even just a handful of people can yeah. cause a business to rethink yeah, yeah. things. So I'm also noticing that there have been a post, few posts recently with people saying, I've been contacting these companies mm. and asking them to change their packaging. Mm. And yeah, people mm. are really enjoying that process, I think, of mm. having their, their voices heard. Yeah. Yeah. And getting responses too. Yeah. Often. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you get the cut and paste response, you know, yeah. like, that means nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you've got to give it a shot, you know. Yeah. 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 I, think, I mean, you mentioned that the concept was to either approach a business to change something they're doing, but possibly also celebrating a business yeah. that's doing something really well. Have you had some yeah, examples so of that? So we did one. I think it might have been late last year, I can't remember the date, but we did one where it was um, celebrating businesses that encourage you to bring your own containers. Mm. So cool. posting on their Facebook pages <coughs> with photos showing that you've, you're a customer of theirs, you've, you've purchased their products and thank you for supporting this change. Mm. And then also tagging in at that point before the supermarkets were accepting containers, mm. tagging in those supermarkets yes. to go, look, yeah. it's doable over here, yeah. why can't you guys yeah. do it too? Yeah. And I really like that actually because I yeah I really like the the angle of showcasing positive mm. change rather yeah. than just going you're doing it wrong yes, you know totally in yeah. some ways that that can be more motivating or yeah for people for you know the people the right person hears that message and sees that yeah. it's possible yeah very much so and it's more enjoyable as the person who's been the advocate as well to mm. actually like this is positive, positive rather than just complaining yeah. about stuff all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and also your ground truth in your solutions, because sometimes, you know, as consumers and individuals, we can come up with all kinds of solutions, but it doesn't mean it's They're not always feasible. Not always <laughs> practical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's nice to be able to be like, well, there must be some sort of way if yeah. this comparable business is doing this. And yeah, yeah. And look, the supermarkets came around. Now they're yeah. accepting containers, so yes. it works. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It really does. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. it's pretty exciting. And you guys had a lot to do with that too. Well, it was just all together, isn't it? Like, it's great to have... Yeah, I think one pe one person on their own probably can't change a business, yeah. but it's when people come together and... It's a squeaky wheel that gets the grease, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so have you... I mean, we've definitely noticed, and I'm sure you have too, but we've noticed that from when we started Living Zero Waste to now, the conversation is barely comparable. It's changed so much. Oh, in the last year and a half, it's been... Yeah, it's been an astonishing change. Ever, ever mm. since China announced that they're going to stop being the dumping ground for yeah. the world. Mm. Yeah, there's just so much more awareness now. There's businesses who have woken up. There's media, which, you know, they're talking about it so much more. It used to be a real mm. struggle to get this stuff covered by the media, but they're all yeah, over it now. Yeah. It's, it's quite wonderful. Yeah, yeah. One thing that we, I don't know whether you feel like this too, but one thing we feel is... Obviously, like 99.9% .9 joyousness over the increase in conversation and awareness and mainstreaming of zero waste, but then a small level of anxiety about where, when that awareness grows, the danger of zero waste being commodified or turned into a fad. Hmm. Um, and then the issue with that being that then it doesn't last the distance, that people, it's sort of fashionable and then it because fads come and go, whereas what we really want is zero waste over the long term. 
And have you ever thought about that? Is that that like you know we're riding a wave, but is it going to keep going? Like because I think we're at the sort of really on the ascendance at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels different to me somehow. It, it does feel like it's something that has got the potential to last. I think mm. it's going to take a bit of time and patience to to educate people that it's not just switching one type of consumption for another type of consumption. That it mm. is actually about reducing. Mm. And there is a lot of greenwashing that goes on, you know, with all the, mm. these supposed products which are, you know, essential zero waste items. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, but no, I think, I think people get it and I don't see it going away anytime soon. I think people understand because we're also having these, these big conversations about climate change as well. So it's not just these zero waste conversations happening by themselves and people understand mm. that it's all part of the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, all I see is just growing awareness and education yeah. and calling out those businesses who are trying to take advantage of it mm. by going, here's this fancy new green product over here, yeah. you should really buy me. Yeah. <laughs> but that just comes with education, I guess. Yeah. Mm. And I guess too, waste is not going away, you know, the problem of yeah of waste. You yeah. Know, if, if, if China suddenly said, okay, well, you know, we'll open the doors again, then maybe, yeah. I don't know, maybe the pro- maybe the awareness would go away, mm. but it's going to get worse yeah. mm. because yeah. those piles of garbage are going to get bigger. Yeah. And so it's not something that we can just ignore. we've noticed in our own experience and our own talks and stuff around the zero waste movement and it's not just with zero waste and it's not just with environmental issues generally as well it's in so many things but the vast majority of our audience are female Mm -hmm. and I haven't actually looked at the stats but someone has said the percentage of members in the zero waste in New Zealand group are it's 80% female yeah I think it's 80-85% female yeah 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 and it's the same on our Facebook page, something like, yeah, 80 to and, 90%. And the interactions with our posts as well. Yeah. You can see all the stats. Yeah. yeah. And it's also the age bracket as well. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. like 25 to 35 female. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And there's been some interesting discussions around, you know, why that is and what impact that has on gender relationships and gender politics and that sort of thing. Yeah. Is that something that you thought about a lot yeah it's an interesting one that I haven't quite managed to put my finger on yet but I've read some articles which suggest that men overall speaking very generally find the concept of caring about something specifically in the environment maybe a bit emasculating which I think Mm. is just utterly bizarre Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know where that comes from and I don't know how much research has been done in that area I suspect it's probably more to do with it's not that that dudes don't care about this stuff because it's clear from my interactions and my personal experience anyway that they very much do but I think that we're still very much in traditional gender roles in a lot of areas of our society I think when it comes to things like grocery shopping Mm. cooking a lot of those roles do fall to women as much as I'm not making a judgment of whether that's right or wrong but that's kind of just the reality. Mm. 
And so because mostly women are doing the shopping and the cooking and those are the things that relate to zero waste most of the mm. time, you know, mm. a lot of it's to do with our consumption, what are we buying? And mm. mostly it's the women doing the shopping. So, yeah. And I think it's also, there have been conversations around social media, the use of social media, what do guys use social media for? And I think mm. maybe there's a possibility that women just like to talk about this stuff more. Mm. Whereas guys mm. are actually just out and just doing it, you know, mm. they don't feel the need to talk about mm. their, their latest zero waste discoveries, they'll just yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that one before. But yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so I don't know what the reason is. But with the gender role issue with, you know, the household yeah. being the sort of mainly the domain of women traditionally, which, mm. yeah, whatever judgments about that. But I feel like maybe it's almost the chicken and the egg thing because, you know, if that's those are the topics of waste that are talked about the most in zero waste circles, yeah. um, then that kind of reinforces people who are interested in those things, whether they be yeah, women yeah. or men, but main, mainly mostly women. But, you know, maybe if there were more conversations about different kinds of waste outside well, of the, the household. Thing. That's what I was thinking as well. We very much need to broaden the conversation. Like, mm. right now it's yeah. very narrow. I mean, mm. you were talking about construction waste mm. earlier mm. and how massive that is. Mm. And that's predominantly, a, you know, a male-driven industry. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we need to be be thinking a bit more outside the box, I think, because sometimes yeah. it's easy to, to get very focused on the stuff that's doable and mm. I can I can do this with my daily shopping or whatever. I guess those bigger issues of things like construction waste, is it's a much bigger task mm. and requires the agreement of a lot of different people <laughs> yeah. to be able to make yeah. change, you know, whereas if me just going to the shop and either buying this item or buying this item or not choosing to buy anything at all, is just much more doable. Mm. So it's an easier conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. Because you you make that decision. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to go to a committee to decide yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whether that thing goes in your trolley or not. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But I also wonder, you know, how much flexibility there is for, you know, because a lot of construction business, there are a lot of small construction businesses mm. that are obviously that could make you know, the changes. They could, we, yeah. They could make choices to. And could even also, you know, which we've seen in other industries, make choices to market themselves as a waste-conscious yeah. construction company. Which would be totally beneficial for those yeah, companies. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there would yeah. be massive economic benefits, you know, if they did it really well and, yeah. and really went for it. Um, because people want that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, it's an interesting one. I'm not informed enough about construction and how that stuff works, so I'm probably yeah. not the person to yeah. do it. But yeah. Hopefully someone with the yeah. know-how yeah. is out there having conversations yeah. about this stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think that's why it's good the more people who are talking about zero waste publicly, yeah. who are representative of more sectors of society, the more we can advance these conversations. Mm. Yeah. And I guess that sometimes is also a criticism that's levelled at the zero waste movement is, oh, well, it's dominated by women and that's why men aren't interested, which is a little bit unfair because it's like, well, mm. we're, we're, we're Don't ready and welcome. Don't be intimidated, guys. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Come in. Come in. Put your feet up. I do have to call people out sometimes, though, because you'll have sometimes people, put, people putting posts up on the Facebook group. So, ladies, what do you think about this? And I'm like, there are actually some dudes in yeah. here. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> be aware yeah. of your language, maybe. Yeah, yeah, interesting. <laughs> well, speaking of that, yeah, you are an admin of the page, and there's two other people as well, and mm. that is quite an interesting side of it. The social media side of Zero Waste in New Zealand, too, is mm. kind of 
moderating and keeping on top of all the different conversations and things that go on on the Zero Waste in New Zealand page. And is that quite an undertaking? And do you often feel other advertisers when you're sort of unsure how to, if a, not a conflict necessarily, but someone might say, hey, admin, could you come in and step in or something like that? Do you, <laughs> like, do you ever have moments where you're like, oh, where do I draw the line on this particular debate? You know, like people might bring up something that's peripheral, that's divisive or that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I think most of my work with, with the group is, is more moderating stuff and keep making sure people are keep on, keeping on topic not you know raising things like 1080 and whatever (laughs) and trying to keep the vegan and meat eating camps equally happy because i Mm. want everyone to feel welcome Mm. that's probably much more of my workload than putting any kind of content on there myself Mm. um but i think it's super um, super important because i think that facebook groups in general can turn into real little hell holes Mm. where people get so opinionated and so wrapped up in their own ideas that they totally close their minds to to other people's Mm. other people's conversations yeah Yeah. so i try i mean i've i think i've set it up now so that most people have they they understand what our expectations are if you're a member of the group you know I've, Mm. i've got it all laid out there and i try and make sure that it's positive as well like it's really easy for people to share posts which is oh look how shit this practice is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i try and make sure it's constructive you know mm-hmm. so I, I just have little reminders saying you know we try and focus on positive constructive solutions and mm-hmm. yeah but i enjoy that side of things and it seems to be working so well i can't please everybody mm-hmm. and i don't expect to but for the most part i guess the growth of the group demonstrates that the way it's being moderated is working yeah. yeah yeah like i think it's pretty impressive for twenty five thousand people the vibe on the group is pretty amazingly on point most of the time there's some like, super cool people on there yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like there are days sometimes when it's like oh maybe but it's not zero ice in new zealand it's just social media generally you know like you can never control you like you can put something out there you can never control exactly what is going to come yeah, back at you yeah. but some people often self-regulate their posts we've noticed things like I'm wanting to know about this thing. Please, no comments about the fact that I'm asking you about meat or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's great. I love it when they do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got the framework there. This is yeah. this is the only information I need. I don't need your judgment. I don't need <laughs> suggestions of alternatives for this. But please just give me this very specific information. Yeah. Um, and you have to do that with people because sometimes if you just leave it open, people go off on all sorts of crazy tangents, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. Stay on topic. Uh, <laughs> it's not that difficult. <laughs> and be kind, you know. I think yeah. it gets lost so much in social media where people just yeah. verbal diarrhea, whatever's yeah. going on in their brain. But there's a person behind that yeah. computer screen. Like, show some empathy. Yeah. But also, like, holding people up to perfection because you're not. Yeah. You, know, you, you're, you're, you should be living zero waste. And that's I'm doing zero. zero blah, I'm blah, zero blah, blah. wasting better than your zero wasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, come on, guys. We're all on the same team. You're in this yeah. group because you give a shit. So yeah. celebrate that. Yeah. Mm. And recognize yeah. that we've all got different priorities and mm. nobody in this group is zero waste. So, you mm. know, mm, mm, mm. just get off that high horse for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Calm yeah. your fam. Yeah. 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 So there is a bit of that that goes on. But for the most part, they're just an awesome bunch of people. They're on there for the right reasons, you know? Mm. They're on there because they either want to learn or they want to share what they know. Mm.
There's so many things that we can talk about because you just do so much stuff, but aside from setting up Zero Waste in New Zealand and doing this really awesome grassrootsy community stuff, and aside from walking the talk in your own life, you also set up Earth Savvy, which is a whole other branch of things. So can you talk a little bit about what Earth Savvy is and, and why you set Earth Savvy up? Yeah, so when I first started with Zero Waste Living, there were a few helpful tools that I wanted to get that would make the zero waste journey a bit easier. So looking for reusables and back when I started there weren't that many options available mm. and the ones that were available were either very expensive or you had to get them from all sorts of different places and so I kind of wanted to make that process a little bit more streamlined. So I wanted to start an online store selling the products that had been most useful for my family and reducing waste. So yeah, I started by, uh, we started by producing zero waste kits, survival kits we call them, and they've got the products in them that are going to reduce the most waste in your household because most household waste comes from your kitchen. Mm-hmm. So they're things like reusable bulk food bags and produce bags and cleaning cloths and just those little things that are going to make your journey that much easier. And we also run workshops as well. I love running workshops actually. I find them slightly terrifying when someone asks me to do a workshop. But then afterwards, straight away, I'm like, can we do another one? Yeah. It's just so fun to be in a, a room full of like-minded people who are really excited about learning about this stuff. Mm. So yeah, I really enjoy, enjoy the workshop side of things. The and workshops sort of on specific topics around zero waste living or the more general? So we'll either do like a general kind of introduction to zero waste living or we've got one that's specifically to do with the kitchen and try and make them so that there's some sort of making element going on as well so they can take Mm. home their own sample of deodorant or whatever it is. Yeah, Yeah, because that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's fun doing stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And so if people are keen to have an Earth Savvy workshop they just get in touch, basically. Yeah, flick, flick us an email and see whereabouts you are. Hopefully in Auckland. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where I live. Yeah, if, whether it's your workplace or you want to gather a bunch of friends together, get in touch. Nice. And so if you had to imagine where you'd like New Zealand to be from a waste perspective in the next few years... Like, what would your ideal New Zealand look like? Oh, what would an ideal New Zealand... Well, we From would, a zero waste We wouldn't have the zero waste in New Zealand Facebook group. Because <laughs> it would be normal. Because it's normal, and yeah. you don't need a specific group for stuff that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be... You just wouldn't even have to think about it. Like, you wouldn't mm. need your zero waste radar anymore. You go out, mm. and it's a sustainable society that you're living in. Mm. I kind of visualize supermarkets transforming into basically a big bulk store where mm. it, reusables are just the norm and two dollar stores don't exist anymore yes. they suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and just everyone realizing that this is our home that the environment mm. is not this separate entity that's mm. over here that you can just plunder at will and that yeah. we're living in a place where we've got finite resources mm. and we need to we need to appreciate what we have. We live in the most spectacular place mm. and we want to preserve that. So yeah, living in a place where it's just normal to give a shit mm. and to look after the place.
as vague as it is. No, no, it's great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can conceptualise that for sure. <laughs> a while back, a friend of ours wrote a post. She lives zero waste, and she wrote a post where she was just having one of those days where she went into the supermarket and she just felt this extreme sense of frustration that she wasn't able to just go to the supermarket and just take something off the shelf. Yeah. And that and like all these other people around her seemed to be able to do that. <laughs> and just she just was like, I just want to live in a world where living consciously, sustainably, zero waste is normal. Yeah. So that I don't have to inconvenience myself or whatever. There's no there's no palaver. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't have to have like that zero waste radar where you like yeah. blinker ninety percent of society out yeah. because you can't engage with it because it's wasteful. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely have those moments too. And do you have those moments sometimes where you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, if I have to go clothes shopping, that's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> for the most part, I guess I've been doing it for long enough that it's very much normal, and I don't feel like. I have to think about it too much. I mean, I think about it because I'm passionate about it, but I'm on autopilot for most of the, most of the mm. time. Mm. Yeah, I think my biggest frustration is how mm. slow progress is sometimes. Mm. And so seeing, you know, going into a supermarket and saying, oh, there's still a shitload of plastic packaging going on. Mm. Like, have you guys not caught up yet? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's my biggest frustration, I guess. And do you think the slow pace of change, would you attribute it largely to just businesses benefiting from the status quo? But how much of it would you attribute to actually a psychological attachment that many of us have to this notion of convenience and consumerism? Like how much would you place the responsibility on consumers and how much on producers of this stuff? Or politicians? Yeah. <laughs> Governments? I think it's each and every one of us. But yeah, it is super frustrating that people who have the resources and the platform are not moving faster on this. Mm. And I kind of feel like lack of education isn't an excuse anymore. Mm. Because there's enough information out there that tells us this is what the problem is. And so it is frustrating to have such slow rate of progress with our government, for example. I mean, it's great they're phasing out plastic bags. But we were talking about the Waste Minimisation Act that's just sitting mm. there waiting to be utilised. Mm. And so what is the excuse for not fully utilising that act? Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty shameful, mm. I think. And particularly a government, as much as I'm very grateful for our current government, mm. but particularly a government that came in on a platform of wanting progressive change when it comes to environmental issues, mm. you know, talking about mm. climate change being our nuclear-free moment, which is mm. all lovely, but those are words. Mm. Mm. And you need to show us that you actually mean it with actions. Do you think part of the problem is that many politicians actually don't possibly walk the talk in their own life in terms of... Like, we feel quite strongly that it's really difficult to implement high-level change if in your own life you aren't able to enact at least some of these changes. Yeah, it's interesting because I would thought I would have thought that as a politician you'd feel like quite a powerful person that you can mm. you can act like serious change for mm. for your community for your country. So 
I don't know. Mm. I really don't. Mm. I don't know. I don't know why more people aren't taking it on board in political circles. Mm. Is it a perception that it's a green tree hugging thing still? Mm. I don't know. Radical. Radical. Yeah. You know, like. Well, yeah, I mean, if you. I always sort of think about it. Can we move beyond that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, because I often think about it like bringing it back to the economic system that we live in, and which at the heart of it is based on infinite growth. Yeah. It must grow each year. Yeah. And people have been talking about challenging that for a long time, but they've always been very fringe conversations, and none of the mainstream politicians want to. Deal with they don't that. want to touch it because I guess they don't know how to deal with it. Like, if we're not going to carry on with this current system of, you know, supposed infinite growth, mm. what is what does the alternative look like? Mm. Has anyone actually visualised mm. what that's going to be? Yeah. And so maybe they're stuck and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Could well be. And that's why I, like, personally feel a little bit like actually living the change in your own life, like going zero waste, for example. Which includes refusing and reducing that, that kind of, like, yeah. stepping back rather well, than so more and more and more. They might feel incredibly conflicted. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they've got, obviously, industry lobbyists in their ear all the time mm. saying, yes. come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's yeah. so much easier to maintain the status quo than it is to change. Oh, yeah. So, like, the lobbyists, the industry lobbyists actually have a really easy job. Yeah. And the underfunded community sector that wants radical change yeah. has a much difficult, it's a much difficult sell, even though we're not selling anything. I would love the media to take more responsibility for it. Like, sometimes mm. when you watch politicians being interviewed by reporters and the questions they ask are so lame and they mm. just don't hold them accountable you know they let them dance around the questions you know like well what is your actual justification for not making positive change here because here are all the reasons why you should mm. so why is it you aren't mm. yeah and I, I feel like maybe that the issue around that is reporters and journalists are supposed to be seen as neutral and not have necessarily a position on yeah. a lot of things yeah but when it comes to some things like science is clear yeah you know, all you have to do clear. is pro- provide the evidence that yeah. this is what the science is yeah. this is what the science is telling everybody yeah. what is your position yeah and it's interesting because it's like in some ways things like climate change are maybe getting closer to that you yeah know, we're as a society beginning to accept that we can no longer debate whether it's happening or yeah. not but like what do we do about it? It's now? becoming increasingly awkward for politicians to try and justify their non-action. Mm. And I just think it's hilarious, for example, that we've got councils around New Zealand who are suddenly declaring a climate emergency, mm. and yet central government's like, no, we're not doing yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Mm. <laughs> mm. Everyone else says we should, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah. So with all this, like all this conversation, for some people, this kind of conversation will make them feel like, as an individual, I just don't feel motivated to make all these big changes in my life, to live low waste or low carbon or whatever. And I don't feel motivated to because I can see that the big guns aren't doing what they should be. Mm. And what difference can I make? But it's not even just what difference can I make, it's also just... Why should I? Mm. Is that not? Like, how does that, bringing that all right back to you living a zero-waste lifestyle, what would you say to people that say things like that? Aiming to live zero-waste, I haven't given up anything. I've gained so much. Mm. Mm. Just feeling 
gratitude for the things that I have around me, the people that I have around me, and feeling a lot more connected to the planet is, you know, eerie fairy as that might sound. And feeling connected to my community. I just feel a lot more in control of things, I think. Mm. And even though I'm aware that it's a very big issue and one that's very difficult to tackle, I feel like I have enough information that I have no choice. I have to mm. live this way because I would feel like a complete failure and hypocrite if I wasn't doing my best. Mm. I couldn't look my daughter in the eye if I wasn't doing all I could mm. to create the world that I want for her. And it's a beautiful lifestyle. It's a simple lifestyle. A lot of people think, oh, it looks like a lot of work. It looks like it costs you a lot of money. It doesn't have to be. It can be whatever it, is, whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it can be as easy or as complicated as you want. But I'm very grateful that I've discovered it. Regardless of what happens in, in wider society and how long it takes everyone else to catch on, mm -hmm. they're going to catch on eventually. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a matter of, of how long it takes them. But we have to because it's enormous, but the survival of our species depends on it. Mm. So we'll get there. And we've just got to keep talking about it. Mm -hmm.